Old-fashioned football and sports gambling podcast network is brought to you by Circa Sports. Circa Sports is back with their Circa Survivor and Circa Millions contests. $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details at circasports.com. Hey, what's up? This is Sam Acho, and you're listening to Old Fashioned Football. Old-fashioned football. old-fashioned football listeners we have a special episode that we kind of talked about you knew it was coming where we're going to be talking to ryan the founder and ceo of 10th mountain whiskey out of vale colorado ryan how are you doing today hey guys i'm doing great thanks for having me excited to be here with you guys we're excited to have you on the show with us absolutely now before we get into whiskey i gotta ask being located in colorado not not too far from denver are you a broncos fan you know, it's one of my favorite questions. I've been here since uh, the late 90s, 1998, but I was born and raised in Houston. Okay. And if you uh, put the time frame together, I moved here fresh out of college when I was 22. And so uh, you probably know where this is going, but my home team is the Houston Oilers. Yeah. Yep. If, you, uh, <laughs> if, if, if you can dig back in your memory back to those days, yes. the yeah. old warm moon days and Earl Campbell, man, that's who I grew up watching and rooting for. Obviously, they have uh, moved an hour to the Tennessee Titans, but uh, still, if, when people ask me who's my football team, I'm always like the Houston Oilers, baby. So, um, <laughs> since I can't root for them anymore, and since I have been in Colorado for 25 years or so now, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll default to the Broncos. So, um, I affectionately uh, refer to them as the Donkeys when they suck. So, I had a lot of opportunity <laughs> to call them the, the Denver Donkeys this past season. Um, but hopefully, they turn that, hopefully they turn that around and, uh, <laughs> and I can start calling them the Broncos again here soon enough. For sure. Yeah, it's interesting what they've done, kind of mortgaging a little bit of their future to get Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. So, I, and, and I'm confident they'll pull it together. I know uh, Wilson had a tough time last season. Um, we all have our ups and downs and uh, some, some days are better than others. So he's human like everybody else is. And uh, I think uh, I'm optimistic uh, with Peyton coming in to, uh, to lead the team. I've always been a fan of his and I'm, uh, I'm excited that he's going to be in Denver. And I think with him and, uh, and Wilson together, uh, cautiously optimistic at this point. How about that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to be. Yeah. It's got to be better than last. Right? <laughs> yes. We're, we're Bears fans, so we're always cautiously optimistic yes, always. and usually <laughs> getting our hearts broken. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Fair enough. So I think that's a good way to approach the season. Don't get too excited, but uh, hopefully we'll win more than, what, three games, four games? What, what they win last <laughs> season? Something like that, right? It's right around wasn't there, a lot. Yeah. Tough yeah, division. Wasn't a lot, I'll tell you that. Very tough division, so. Right. so. Yeah, there's um, that. Have, have you ever we'll played any fantasy? Yeah, have you ever played any fantasy football? You know, I'm unique in the fact that I've, not, I've never gotten in, gotten into any fantasy sports at all. 
Yeah, uh, certainly uh, a bunch of my friends have, uh, coworkers have. Uh, but man, I'm too busy running day to day life and business and whatnot. And so, um, I don't, uh, I have not ever gotten into the fantasy leagues uh, of any sport. So nice. All right. Well, why don't we uh, jump right into why everybody's here? Jump right into the whiskey. Are you ready for whiskey? So I know a little (laughs) bit about that, a little bit about it. (laughs) All right. Um, one thing, uh, we wanted to ask you, how did you decide to get into distilling or what led you to? Becoming a distiller or going into distilling. <laughs> Poor life choices. <laughs> pun, pun intended. <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> uh, no, it was uh, so I, I moved to town and I started bartending my first couple years here and then mm-hmm. uh, uh, had an opportunity to uh, start a restaurant in 2002, the West Side Cafe. I uh, started out with two other guys, uh, and that uh, just celebrated our 20th anniversary with that uh, about six months ago. And uh, started homebrewing and having fun homebrewing. Um, not nothing on a commercial scale, just uh, a couple, three, four times a year with five-gallon batches here and there. And just getting uh, kind of hands-on uh, brewery knowledge. Uh, not that I wanted to take that commercially by any means, uh, but then was watching what the craft distillery movement was doing. And this was probably 12, 13 years ago. And uh, I was like, man, someone in this in the Vale Valley is going to make whiskey sooner or later. It kind of goes hand in hand with the mountain lifestyle, certainly with skiing and snowboarding and hanging out and operating after the uh, end of the day of, of, uh, of uh, fun day skiing. And so mm-hmm. uh, I was watching what the craft distillery movement was doing and where it was going. I'm like, well, you know, screw it. Might as well be me. Right. So I uh, <laughs> ended up uh, getting a 13 gallon still early on. Uh, and, and distilling is the next step after brewing, right? So you make a beer mm-hmm. first and then you take that beer and distill it off and make a high proof spirit and, uh, ended up going, I uh, came across an, an ad in, uh, in one of the, uh, I think it was a whiskey magazine, whiskey advocate or something for moonshine university of all things in Louisville, Kentucky. Nice. And it was Christmas day. And I looked at him like, well, this looks fun. Let's look into this a little bit. And, and uh, ended up going to their first class of, I think it was January 2013 or soon thereafter. And, uh, and not only did uh, 10th Mountain come out of that class, but Peerless Distilling, uh, was uh, they were in that class. And three or four other distilleries that are still around uh, came from students in that original class from uh, Moonshine University. And, and Moonshine U is still uh, a legit school today. Uh, it's, it's not, a, you know, a, 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 an actual university. It's not a four-year degree by any means. Uh, that's certainly a play on words, but it's a lot of fun. But they cover everything uh, from A to Z and running a distillery and hands-on distillation. Uh, they have a 250-gallon still that is uh, pretty identical to what we have, although we have a 500-gallon still. And so that's how I got started was uh, just kind of uh, crafting uh, home brews and was watching where the distilling movement was going and then uh, took the final leap, went to Moonshine University, came back, wrote a business plan. Beg, bar, and stole as much money as I could gather together, and uh, here we are, almost ten years later. So, very cool. Did, real quick, got to interrupt the whiskey talk to let you know we're brought to you by Circa Sports. The Circa Millions and Circa Survivor are back. Fourteen million dollars in guaranteed prizes up for grabs. Circa Millions is just five NFL picks against the spread each week, and the Circa Survivor is just a pick, a different money line winner each week easy as that enter in vegas play from anywhere sports gambling podcast is actually going to be out there last weekend in august so make sure you get out there then check them out circusports.com for all the details circusports.com and uh, if you win that money 
Make sure you get a lot of Tenth Mountain whiskey. It is definitely worth it. You're going to want to have it at your bar. And don't forget to take the, uh, I'll say the Bears money line, but for for, uh, Ryan here, I will say the Broncos money line week one. Did you start with whiskey as the spirit you wanted to make, or did you want to make everything? Yeah, so we certainly started out wanting to hang our hat on our whiskey expressions. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's a broad cat. It's a it's a broad category and a narrow category all at the same time. Within the whiskey category itself, you can uh, there's a lot of room for experimentation, uh, but it's certainly defined by uh, key aspects of it as well. And so, uh, and I, it's something I've always been passionate about when I was bartending in my uh, mid twenties or so. I fell in love with a bunch of different kinds of whiskeys and just love the creativity around it. Um, and and uh, but I didn't want to focus. I didn't want to just narrow us in on on just straight whiskeys. Uh, sure. That's why, hence, it's Tenth Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. The vodka market's thirty five percent of the overall spirit market. So if you are a spirits drinker and you don't like brown spirits, there's a really good chance you're a, a vodka drinker. And we don't want to ignore 35 percent of the overall our overall market. Uh, certainly at our taste rooms, it gives us a lot of flexibility uh, with infusions and different cocktails uh, when we have uh, a vodka. Uh, however, I don't want to come out with a grain based vodka. That that uh, category has certainly been exhausted. And so we have a, a, a potato vodka, which potato vodka was just my favorite anyways at the time of the Chopin. Um, and now it's obviously 10th Mountain Potato Vodka is, is my go-to. So although, we, yeah, we do have a vodka and the vodka market overall is kind of is a crowded market. Um, potato vodkas are certainly a niche within that market. Uh, we have a cordial, which is a sage peach vanilla cordial. And which just we wanted to come out with a flavor that wasn't on the shelf just yet, but was kind mm-hmm. of uh, reminiscent of a schnapps uh, from when you get off the off the slopes in Austria. I've never gotten off the Austrian slope. I've never skied in Austria, <laughs> uh, but certainly uh, the schnapps are quite popular over there. And so we wanted to come up with our own take on that. And so we uh, came up with a sage peach vanilla cordial here in our backyard. There's a lot of sage, uh, a lot of peaches here in Colorado that people aren't aware of. And so that made a lot of sense. Uh, and then the brandy is our our, our seventh spirit uh, and mm-hmm. a, a spirit that I never even thought we were ever going to make until I befriended a, a, a great dude out in uh, Monterey Valley, California, that has a vineyard uh, through another friend of mine, uh, Kyle Pletsky. Kyle was working at the vineyard. He introduced me to Justin. They called me up one afternoon and said, hey, we have 3000 gallons of Pinot Noir wine left over. Would you like it to distill and make brandy? And uh, I was a bit hesitant at first. I never had bought a bottle of brandy off the shelf. Um, mm-hmm. I still haven't ever bought a bottle of brandy off the <laughs> shelf. Uh, it's a little bit different distillation technique. It's a little bit different aging technique. Uh, so I was like, guys, there's a really good chance we're going to screw this up if uh, if we try this experiment. Um, but we, we called Moonshine University, leaned on them to get some direction about how to make brandy. Uh, leaned on another friend in Salem, Oregon, who has a brandy-specific distillery. And uh, then my next question to, to those guys was, well, how much does 3,000 gallons of, of Pinot Noir cost? And they're mm-hmm. like, well, we're not going to charge it. We're just going to give it to you and, and then uh, cut us in on the back end <laughs> if it's actually good. And I was like, well, hell, all right, the price is right. And uh, if that's the case, then yeah, sit on out. Let's figure this out. Yeah. Long story short, fast forward four years later, and our brain was just recognized as one of the top three brandies in the country by USA Today. So that's kind of fun. Wow. That's amazing. So, yeah. 
So seven spirits total. Um, certainly hang our hang our hat on our, our four whiskey expressions. That's what we're best uh, known for. But then I want to ignore uh, some of the other spirits out there as well. So for sure, I had no idea peaches grew in Colorado. I didn't either. <laughs> yeah, I told you right. Exactly right. They're quite yeah. popular on the western slope, which is what it's referred to as on the western side of the Rocky Mountains. And there's okay. an area Palisades. Grand Junction, Montrose area out there where peaches are, uh, they're very proud of their peaches, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. One of the things that we always do on our show whenever we're reviewing a whiskey that we went out and bought ourselves or when we have a guest from a distillery on, we always go over some of the history or backstory of the distillery. And we, of course, read up on 10th Mountain and everything, but for our listeners, can you kind of um, give us some of that backstory for 10th Mountain, where the name came from and just some of the history there? Yeah, absolutely. Right. It's uh, something we get an opportunity to share the story of on a daily basis at our tasting rooms. We have a tasting room at the distillery in Gypsum, which is about 30 minutes west of Vail. Then we have a tasting room in Vail Village right at the base of the ski mountain. And so we get an opportunity when people come in to sit down and enjoy a glass of whiskey or go through a tasting flight to explain the story and tell uh, uh, people about why we're named 10th Mountain Whiskey and Spirit Company. So we're named in honor of the 10th Mountain Army Division. And they're a very significant historic military division that originated in our area in the 1940s. Just a few miles south of Vail is a place called Camp Hale. And it's where the 10th uh, trained in the uh, early to mid 1940s to be a mountain warfare specific army division uh, for World War II um, battles. They got deployed uh, to the north and northern Italy uh, in the Apennine Mountain region, won some very significant battles there. And when they returned, they wanted to share the sport of skiing, the outdoor lifestyles, uh, mountain climbing, etc., with their friends and family. And in essence, started the modern day sport of skiing as we know today. They started over 62 different ski resorts across the country. Uh, vail Mountain being one of those ski resorts founded by a 10th Mountain vet. Uh, Aspen Mountain was Arapaho Basin, uh, just here in our area. A lot of influence in the Northeast, uh, up in the Verm uh, Vermont area and New Hampshire. Uh, and then a lot of influence in uh, the Lake Tahoe area in Northern California as well. Uh, not only ski resorts, but they had a big influence in, the, in skiing technology and boots and bindings. Uh, Pletzel, the outdoor climbing gear, was started by a 10th Mountain vet. A uh, small shoe company that I think probably is going to be kind of successful. They're called Nike. If you haven't heard of them, you should look them up. They're pretty. They make some pretty good shoes. Uh, they uh, they were started by a Tenth Mountain vet. So Phil Knight's business partner is a guy named Bill Bowerman. Uh, Phil Knight gets all the all the attention these days. Uh, Bill Bowerman passed away um, a while back, but he was uh, Phil Knight's track coach at University of Oregon. If you know that story and how that all developed, uh, so Bill Bowerman was a Tenth Mountain vet. The National Outdoor Leadership School, the Knowles Experience, was started by a 10th Mountain vet. Uh, the Sierra Club was uh, uh, Bob Dole, uh, rest in peace, was a 10th Mountain vet. That's why he was. Uh, that's why he didn't have a lot of movement in his arms because he was injured uh, in World War II as a, as a 10th vet. Um, the Olympic Ski School up in uh, Steamboat Springs, about an hour and a half north of us, uh, was started by a 10th Mountain vet. So. Uh, a lot. And they were also entrepreneurs and they also enjoyed a stiff cocktail at the end of the day, too. So it made a lot of sense to us. Uh, we were talking about starting the distillery and what should we name it? And we recognize that without them, uh, we want to be here today doing what we love doing, which is uh, skiing a great ski mountain, living free and making great spirits. 
to, to further the story, though, they were deactivated in the mid 50s and then they were reactivated in the mid 80s as a light infantry quick deployment unit. And now they are uh, headquartered in upstate New York in a place called Fort Drum in Watertown, New York, just a few miles south of the Canadian border. They're also in Fort Polk, Louisiana, which is uh, strikes people as being odd. Um, even the soldiers down in Louisiana, because uh, the soldiers <laughs> still wear the mountain tab. Uh, so it's odd to have a, a, a mountain unit, although they're not a mountain mm-hmm. unit necessarily anymore. They're still honored with a mountain tab uh, in Fort Polk, Louisiana. And then they were repatched uh, with the National Guard here in Colorado Springs in 2016. So they were gone from Colorado, their, their uh, home uh, headquarters uh, in the 40s, uh, and then they were repatched, and they're back in Colorado in the in, in 2016. So uh, they're one of the most active military units today. They've been in all the major confrontations over the last 25 years. Uh, Black Hawk Down this October is going to be a 30 years. A lot of people are familiar with that from uh, mm-hmm. the book and the movie. Um, we do a lot of support with different reunions, platoons, etc., and we are uh, supporting that uh, reunion with those guys here coming up in October. Uh, but they've been, again, in all the major confrontations and are one of the most active divisions today. So uh, hence the name. Uh, through the name, we do a lot of military support with different military nonprofits, um, fundraisers, barrel picks, uh, different, uh, a lot of different types of opportunities uh, and give back not only to the Army, but all uh, military organizations and um, uh, military branches. So it's super important to us. So. That's very cool. Yeah, as, I really as, like that. Yeah, as people who both have family, past and present, that have been in the military, it's super awesome. Very cool story. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. Yeah, super yeah. important to us. People, we uh, make sure people are uh, are, are pro military and very patriotic and and supportive uh, when they come on our team. Uh, we currently have uh, let's see one one Marine, uh, one Air Force. Uh, one army and then two 10th mountain, uh, ambassadors, uh, on board nice. with us right now. So, um, yeah, it's, it's super important to us. So yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. We're also brought to you by underdog fantasy. Best ball mania four is here and underdog fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. So many ways to win over on underdog and underdog is available in so many States. Don't forget Ryan Real Money Kramer will be doing his 24-hour best ball challenge and raising money for I Am Able Foundation. So make sure you check that out. I'm Able Foundation. And uh get ready for that. We just talked about the military and everything that 10th Mountain does for the military. And uh, now we're going to be doing a little fundraiser for a foundation that was started by an ex-Marine. So make sure you check that out. He's going to be doing it all on Underdog Fantasy. Head over to underdogfantasy.com. Use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. And maybe you can join in on one of Kramer's drafts. This is Jim Miller, former Chicago Bears quarterback. Now back to old-fashioned football. So uh, moving kind of from the history to your part in it, we've asked distillers this before, and everybody kind of has their different roles and responsibilities. So what's your day-to-day look like? You know, it's interesting. Uh, I don't have a a typical day-to-day by any means. It it always varies. Uh, Having two tasting rooms, which in essence are bars, um, need to keep my eye on that. We have a manufacturing facility uh, at the distillery, obviously, and we have three full-time distillers there. Need to keep an eye on that. 
we have uh, three sales uh, team members, one here in Colorado that oversees Colorado and Wyoming. And then we have another full-time gal in Atlanta, another full-time guy in the Northeast. Uh, so keep my pulse with on them and what's going on there. And, and they're in charge of working with our distributors, uh, growing the company uh, and talking to additional distributors, uh, full-time director of marketing, full-time social media, so ch checking in with them. Uh, so it kind of depends. And, all, and I kind of have my thumb on everything, uh, but I don't do anything specifically on a daily basis. I um, make sure I still I still write all the checks and pay all the invoices and keep our vendors happy and our, all of our raw material suppliers happy. Uh, we're a small team. Uh, we're 15 full-time people and the majority of them being here in the Vale area. And so uh, sometimes I work from home for my first couple hours and get in the truck and go to the distillery or to the tasting room. I'm on the road quite a bit at different events these days. Uh, just the past three weekends, I've been gone and out of town uh, from uh, North Carolina to Kentucky to North Dakota with all oh, work wow. stuff. It's been pretty fun work, but it's all been work as well. So <laughs> on the sure. road quite a bit uh, doing different things. Uh, and so I don't really have a typical day necessarily. Uh, mm -hmm. It kind of is all over the place, which uh, which I like. It keeps it interesting. Um, I don't want to just go in and work in a cubicle on a day to day basis and punch yes. the clock from eight to five or whatever it is. So um, it's certainly what I what I enjoy doing. And and some days I'll handle legal and, and look at contracts. And boy, those days are a lot of fun. Let me tell you, <laughs> I say that sarcastically, right? Uh, I hate yeah. working looking at but you got to do it. It's necessarily evil. There's a lot of legalese that goes along with this business. Mm -hmm. A lot of people see the, the the glamour and the hanging out and the partying and then drinking a whiskey and hanging out at different events and whatnot. And, and But there's a lot of behind the scenes, day-to-day -day, um, uh, tasks that uh, are not glamorous by any means. And so sure. we've got to hand, handle and manage that uh, and, and get through that in order to have a little fun at the end of the day as well. So. <laughs> sure. So I know you have distillers that work there with you and for you now, but back when you were doing mainly just distilling, what's your favorite thing about distilling? Well, a couple of things, I guess, about the actual process of distilling is uh, it, you can be creative with it. Uh, you can make uh, a new make spirit, new make distill it um, basically out of anything that has sugar, right? You can convert, mm -hmm. uh, convert the sugar into alcohol and then distill off the al alcohol vaporizes at 172 degrees uh, and condense, catch those vapors, condense it back down into liquid form. And then, and so you, there's a, certainly a lot of creativity behind it. There's a lot of science. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, chemistry. Uh, I am not a scientist nor a chemist. I just like to play and experiment and have fun. <laughs> Uh, one of our guys is, has a chemistry major and background. Uh, and so, um, he certainly directs us and he can say all the four syllable words that I don't, can't pronounce. So I can't, <laughs> sure. sure. um, but I think just the creativity of new make distill and, uh, and having fun and experimenting with that. And then we can, uh, certainly finishing whiskeys, not only in, in the American Oak or in the Oak, uh, new Oak barrels that were required with our bourbon and our rye, but also finishing, uh, in different types of cask uh, gives us a lot of creativity and seeing how that plays out after three, four, five or six months or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and so just um, playing within that realm, still checking all the boxes to keep the feds and the TTB happy. Uh, but then uh, with, but kind of pushing the envelope as well and experimenting a little bit is, is a lot of fun for us. So. Nice. What yeah. has been the most fun 10th mountain product that you've worked on? 
It's like asking your favorite child, isn't it? <laughs> Come a on, little bit. I know. Fair, <laughs> I know. That's not a fair question. It's <laughs> pick your favorite child, right? Uh, and a lot of people ask, well, what's your favorite spirit that you make? And I'm like, I don't know. It depends which one I'm drinking, what's in front of me, what I'm enjoying. Mm -hmm. It's, it depends on what event I'm at or what's going on, I think. Uh, and I, I'll mix it up. I don't have, just have one specific go-to out of our our uh, seven spirits necessarily. I, I'm certainly always mixing it up and having different cocktails and tasting things differently. And so um, I, I'm, I'm going to plead the fifth on this one, Miranda. I don't have just one favorite one necessarily. Um, <laughs> certainly our, our sing, American single ball that we released uh, probably about two years ago is starting to get some attention. Um, I've always been a big bourbon fan. Uh, rye whiskeys uh, got turned on to that when we started making rye whiskeys. I was a fan, but now I'm even more of a fan of rye whiskeys and the complexity of of uh, of the different rye whiskeys out there. So um, I'm kind of all over the board, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, and, and and I am enjoying uh, brandy at this point too. I've never bought a bottle of brandy off the shelf, but if I see a unique brandy uh, uh, at a bar or something, I'll certainly ask for a taste of that. So nice. Yeah, you mentioned yeah. Um, kind of getting into rye whiskeys more. Miranda didn't know she liked rye no, whiskeys but until I, we started this podcast. I thought I was just bourbon, and I have over the last year. No, I really love my rye. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, right? There's, and and, and so uh, much we get a chance to turn a lot of people on. Yeah, totally, right? Mm -hmm. We get a, an opportunity, we, and we hear that at the taste room a bunch. That people walk in, oh, I'm not a rye whiskey fan. Uh, 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 stay well, patience. Let me pour you a little sample of ours, and then you tell me if you think you're a rye whiskey fan yet or not. And, and we, uh, we're, I don't know if we're batting a, batting a thousand necessarily, but we've certainly converted more than, more um, non rye whiskey drinkers into rye whiskey drinkers than than not. So it's it's fun. Nice. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here because I'm going to assume that a lot of times when you're having a glass of whiskey, it's Tenth Mountain, but. Say you're at a restaurant, Tenth Mountain's not there for any reason. Do you have a, another go-to? Yeah, I like to change it up a little bit. Certainly, I mentioned those peerless guys. I'm partial to what they're doing. They're a lot of a lot of fun, and it's a great group uh, behind them. Um, so, I and one thing I guess I'll preface this: I've gotten a lot of oppor an opportunity to meet a lot of different distillers and distilleries and people behind mm -hmm. it. And so, um, I will take that into consideration when I ask for something off the shelf at a restaurant too. Right? Um, certainly, the product has to taste good and all, but and there's a lot of great whiskey out there. Uh, but then I'll take into account who's making it and who's behind it. And so the peerless guys are not only make a great product, but they're, they're a good crew behind it as well. Uh, the Willits uh, crew, that's, uh, I love Willits and the products that they're making. Um, those are delicious. Uh, here in our own backyard, um, give a nod to uh, Richard at Art of the Spirits uh, and what he's doing from a blending perspective. It's amazing stuff that he's got going on. And he's a huge supporter of military as well. And uh, Mike Root at Copper Sky Distilling, and shout out to them too. Um, love their products. Uh, so um, yeah, I'll, I'll take into account uh, the the flavor, but I'll also take into account uh, who's 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 the team behind it. So, uh, but yeah. Peerless Willits uh, certainly, and then uh, there's a lot of good stuff coming out of Colorado too, and a lot of cool people behind the brands here in Colorado. So, we actually just tried Willet and Peerless Rye for the first time in Estes at the uh, what's the name of the hotel. The Stanley. the Stanley Hotel. Yeah. We were yeah. at the whiskey bar nice. and tried both of <laughs> those for the first yeah. time. Yes. Totally, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, and you got out alive to talk about it, not only out of the whiskey bar, but out of the hotel, right? So That's right. <laughs> it's cool, isn't it? It's really cool. It is. Yes. Very cool. Yes. Something that we found really unique about 
what your distillery offers is the opportunity to do virtual tastings for anyone. Um, can you talk a little bit about how people can do that and what, what they get when they order the Yeah, exactly, right? It's, it's a ton of fun. Mm -hmm. um, we really enjoy doing them. It's something we were doing pre-COVID and then quarantine hit and, and all the challenges that came along with COVID. And then it really escalated uh, that program. And it's uh, it's great for for small organizations, groups of friends and family, and then all and corporate groups as well. We've done quite a bit with that, and we'll do do these um, tasting events with ten people, and we've done them with fifty plus people, right? And and so it's like a Zoom call, like everyone's familiar with these days. And, and uh, but we'll send out. We have a fifty milliliter program like the airplane nips with five of our seven spirits. And so we'll send five of our of our samples out to the individuals ahead of time, along with a uh, tasting uh, menu as well, and and, uh, and then we'll all jump on a on a Zoom call together and uh, have a good time chatting, getting to know each other, tell a little history of uh, of our uh, distillery and what's going on. Oftentimes, we'll we'll do them at the distillery and do a quick behind the scenes tour of the distillery, uh, which a lot of people get a kick out of, and then sit down and just taste through the spirits and educate people and have some fun. And by the end of uh, those five fifty mil samples. Uh, usually there's a lot of jokes being cracked and everyone, uh, a lot of good camaraderie going on. And and uh, it was great, obviously, during COVID when people weren't going to the office or weren't mm -hmm. hanging out in person as much. Uh, it's something we still enjoy doing. We're not doing as much for obvious reasons, uh, uh, but uh, it's, it's been it's a lot of fun. It's a great program and uh, we, we really enjoy doing them. So, yeah. So I was curious, Did I, I was going to ask if it started because of COVID. You started it before. Is it? Was it because you guys are a mountain town and the, the winter travels or was it just an idea you had? Because it's pretty unique. We don't see a lot of distilleries mm -hmm. offering that option. And we yeah, both thought right? it was a really cool thing. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. It's something we just try to be creative and try to reach uh, our audience wherever they're most comfortable. And if they can't make it to Vail and, and to our tasting rooms and in person, it's always great to do it, uh, send our product out to them. And so that's one way to do it. Uh, one more thing you guys might, uh, story you guys might get a kick out of in this regards during quarantine, a bunch of the laws were being loosened, right? Certainly here in Colorado and delivery laws and cocktail laws and all that. And so I was watching what was going on closely with this whole deal. And, uh, I was finally like, I think we can have an adult ice cream truck. I think we can make this happen. Right. And so we have this branded, uh, Toyota Tundra that's kind of beefed up on some nice tires and stuff. And it's, we use it for sales and distribution here in the, in our backyard on a daily basis. And so I had one of our guys make a big old A-frame menu board and, uh, one of our gals painted it. She's super artistic. She painted it up. And so we put this A-frame in the back of our Toyota Tundra truck and it was $10 as $5 shots, $10 cocktails and 10% off bottles. And then we hooked up a PA system to it and uh, started playing ice cream music going down the neighborhood. <laughs> and uh, and it was just, it was a blast. We, we did it for about 12, 10 or 12 days, something like that. And we were people who were smiling. Everyone's like, dude, I haven't smiled in six weeks. This is the best thing. Everyone's still worried and pissed off about COVID and quarantine and having mm -hmm. to stay home. And, and they're in their yard gardening or, or washing their car. Or maybe they're just hanging out in their driveway with their neighbors or whatever it was. And so all of a sudden they hear our ice cream music coming down and then they read our sign and realize what's up. And so we were <laughs> delivering cocktails and shots and then 10% off bottle sales. And it was great for us. Gave us something to do. We had a blast yeah. with it. Um, the driver obviously would stay dead sober, but the passenger uh, was free to, <laughs> to have a good time and enjoy himself. So. 
Uh, it was great. It was a lot of fun. And it got a lot of attention. We got started getting calls from all around the country. It was hilarious. Come to That's our awesome. place, come That's to our so neighborhood, fun. come to our state. And, <laughs> And then our state of Colorado, God bless my liquor board. They're great. They're fun to work with. They're super nice. But I got a call. And they're like, Ryan, what's this thing about an adult ice cream truck? I played a call. I'm like, yeah, you guys hear about that? That's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. Well, you can't do that. Damn it. All right. Fair enough. That's awesome. They're nice about it. They, they, they appreciated the effort, certainly during those times. We we're proud of ourselves mm -hmm. for the creativity. We brought yeah. a lot of smiles to our community and had a good time with it, but uh, all good things come to an end sooner or later, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> and usually by lawmakers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously, right? Seriously. So, so there was that. So just speaking of uh, getting creative and doing online uh, mm -hmm. tastings and uh, yeah, we did the adult ice cream truck as well. So nice. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Yeah, it's it um, fun. I have been curious, being up in the mountains – does the elevation and the cold temperatures play a part in like how you have to distill or do they affect the aging and the flavor of? Yeah, a little bit of both. Um, it's certainly mm -hmm. a little bit different. Like if you come up to altitude and you bake, you're going to be baking and water boils at a slightly different temperature, et cetera. So it certainly has an effect in the overall process of, of uh, cooking, fermentation, distilling and aging the, the whole, the whole gambit there. Um, one thing that's unique to us, uh, we age at our distillery at 6,800 uh, feet. And during our aging process, there's the angel share. And so although we our barrels are 53 gallons, when it's time to harvest those barrels and dump them and bottle them, uh, there's not going to be 53 gallons in them. This is across the board, uh, no matter where you're aging. Mm -hmm. What's unique to us is we enter at about 118, 120 proof, somewhere in there roughly. And during our uh, aging process, our angel share, our water will evaporate. And so our proof increases as uh, the barrel ages and matures. And so although we enter, call it 120 proof, when it's time to harvest that barrel, it's going to be 125, 130 proof. As it ages and gets older than that, it's going to be even higher. And so wow. we use a reverse osmosis water to proof it back, back down to bottle strength. Mm -hmm. uh, but some distilleries will, will be losing alcohol. Uh, and uh, if they entered at 120, when it's time to harvest it, it's going to be 110 or 105. And so uh, it's, we're super fortunate in that aspect that um, we don't, aren't losing alcohol during that process. Uh, and it's something that I never, I never gave much a thought to uh, originally when I was writing the business plan, but it's something that's worked out for us. And so we have a couple of hazmat barrels. Hazmat is 140 proof or above. And there are a, a handful of uh, very passionate hazmat whiskey drinkers and collectors out there. So every time we, we release those, they try to get their hands on them, which is a lot of fun. Uh, nice. And so, yeah, certainly you nailed it, Miranda. It's, it's, uh, we have uh, some unique challenges up here mm -hmm. uh, because of our altitude and pressure, et cetera. Um, and another challenge is just getting raw material up into the mountains. Like we're right in the heart of the Rocky Mountains, basically in the right in the center of Colorado. Uh, in the wintertime with uh, the weather and snow that uh, can present a lot of uh, ch unnecessary challenges that yes. some of some people not in the mountains don't have to deal with. Uh, but we've gotten pretty used to that and, and are able to plan far in advance and order far in advance in order for it to not to affect our supply chain. So. Um, but yeah, it's, it's certainly, uh, some different challenges up here, but we love it. We're pad, we're, we love the, the skiing and playing in the mountains in the summertime and hiking and whitewater rafting and fishing. Uh, majority of our group are super outdoorsy and have, so I, everyone's like, dude, when are, are you ever going to move it to Denver? Are you ever like some other, um, breweries and distilleries have, and I'm pretty passionate about keeping it here 
Um, I don't have any plans on moving and I love it up here. So uh, I always tell everybody, I'm like, no, we're, we're a mountain distillery through and through, and this is our hometown. And, and obviously the 10th mountain was originated here. And so it's super yeah. important to uh, stay here. So nice. Very cool. Do you do a lot of skiing being there in Vail? It's something I'm still really passionate about. Mm -hmm. uh, it's more quality days versus quantity days at this point. <laughs> uh, it was uh, like when I first moved, when everyone first moves to town, they're getting 80, 90, 100 days a, a season on the mountain. And now I'm, if I get 25 days, I'm happy with that. And it's going to be 25 good quality days. Either it's going to be need a waist deep, fresh powder, or it's going to be a bluebird sunshiny day. And so, uh, so we have that luxury of being able to pick and choose, uh, when you live here, which is really nice. Um, if it's a, a nasty day weather wise, and, uh, then I, I don't feel guilty about staying home and just working all day. And so, however, if I was on vacation, then I'd be out there bell to bell 8am uh, to 4pm every day kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, I, I still am passionate about, still love getting out there. Uh, but it's more quality days versus quantity days. So. <laughs> Makes sense. Not something that I have yeah. ever done. I feel like I, I would, want to. You want? I want to, to try. <laughs> I feel like I would break something. I'm pretty accident prone. <laughs> you are. Maybe you should stay away from them. But I would love to do it. <laughs> yeah. Right, come fish on out and there you go. Right. And there's a lot of people that fish in the wintertime here, which uh, those boys are dedicated. Boys and girls are more dedicated than I am. I'm not, I'm not a wintertime fisherman. <laughs> Uh, but there's people still get out in the rivers and are fishing in the wintertime. I know it's good. Um, there's not as much competition. So, uh, but um, yeah, you'll catch me on the hill in the wintertime skiing. And, and if you haven't tried it, definitely give it a shot. And keep in mind, one of the main reasons people go ski is so they can go to the bar afterwards and hang out and call it <laughs> opera ski, right? So if uh, a lot of people will uh, do one run and be good with that and then just go straight to the bar and hang out afterwards and wait for everybody else to come join them. So uh, certainly skiing is a big aspect of the day, but uh, the camaraderie and hanging out at the end of the day for a glass or two is important as well. So that's, that's what I would be there for. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, maybe you can lead that way, Justin. That's all right. Especially during football season, right? Um, yeah, come absolutely. down off the hill and enjoy a ball game on Saturday or Sunday. So, yep, Absolutely. So you guys were nice enough to send us the bourbon and rye. Would you uh, walk us through a, a tasting of those? Yeah, absolutely. But let's do it. You got them there in you front of you? Yeah. Or behind you right there? Here. Yeah. Well, haven't gotta, haven't open opened them, them yet. Um, wanted to keep them sealed until the pod. Do you want to do the bourbon go. first? Yeah, let's do the bourbon first and the rye second. That's what I thought. But, um, you know, everybody has different opinions of where you should start. So <laughs> Sure. So our bourbon is our best seller. Uh, okay. Bourbon as an overall category is hot these days. It's a hot, uh, not only spirit cat category, but certainly whiskey category bourbon. Um, a lot of people are, are into it. Uh, a lot of people are enjoying it. A lot of people are learning about it, are new to it. Uh, so it's just a, a great uh, category to be part of. Um, I'll just I'll put it out there. A lot of people say you can't make bourbon in Colorado. It has to come from Kentucky, which <laughs> yeah. is just a misnomer. Right. It has mm -hmm. to be made in America somewhere. Yes. The majority of bourbon comes out of Kentucky uh, historically. And that's why a lot of people uh, think that and that it has to come out of Kentucky. But the tax and trade, the TTB um, regulation of that has to be made in America somewhere. So that's the geographical requirement. Right. Mm -hmm. Another requirement for it to be bourbon has to be at least 51% corn. Uh, ours is 75% corn, 21% uh, rye, 4% barley, 92 proof. And so bourbon can't be distilled more than 160 proof. 
and then it can't be barreled more than 125 proof. Although revisiting what I said about the angel share, if we entered, uh, we can have a bourbon that's more than 125 proof, but we get there because of the angel share and the uh, water evaporating and the whiskey to condensing, right? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and then bourbon cannot be bottled less than 80 proof. So that's why you're never going to see a bourbon less than 80 proof. Um, so a couple of requirements there. It has to be aged in a, a new a new oak barrel. We use a number four char on our barrels, which just looks like burnt alligator skin. Uh, you can uh, do one, two, three or four char. Uh, you can do toast barrels, which is a little bit different technique. Uh, so we use number four American new oak barrel. Our Coopers that we use is a West Virginia great barrel company. You can probably guess what state they're from with a name like that. <laughs> so, lot um, of Cooperging Coopers themselves are just, uh, and it's such an art form. It's just incredible what they do. So, um, all new make distill comes off the still clear as water. Uh, then it'll get uh, the brown color, the amber color through the aging process in the barrel, and so that's when it comes out um, looking like that. So nice and pretty, and then you get a lot of colors from the aging. You get a lot of colors, or a lot, I'm sorry, you get a lot of flavor from the aging, a lot, all the colors from the aging, a lot of flavors from the aging, uh, a lot of flavors from the mash bill, from the fermentation and the yeast, from the distillation and what kind of still you're using and how you're distilling it. And uh, so there's a, a bunch of things that come into play on the overall flavor of it. So people ask us how you got the 92 proof. And it's just what, uh, it's what we like. It's what we prefer. We thought the whiskey presented itself best at 92 proof. And that's what we've been since uh, day one with it. So um, bourbon's going to be a little sweeter. Uh, we always uh, compare bourbon and our bourbon and our rye whiskey to cornbread and rye bread uh, is a great way to describe it because it's majority corn and bourbon and majority rye in our rye whiskey. So uh, certainly those notes will come out uh, in the overall process. So um, when you uh, first, uh, if this is your first sip of the day, I would suggest taking a little bit and just uh, cleansing your palate with it. Just take a tiny little sip, if you will. Uh, and then we'll go back and revisit it a second time and really dig into some of the uh, tasting notes and some of the flavors and whatnot. But if it's your first sip of the day, certainly if it's neat like you guys are drinking, keep in mind it is 92 proof. And you want to acclimate your palate a little bit to the alcohol um, before sure. you really dig in and, and um, get after it. So. Uh, certainly first and foremost, just a little sip to uh, get the palate introduced to what's going on here. And then you'll visit it. Now you'll get a lot of notes out of uh, just on the nose, just on the smell. We're not hoity-toity. Um, we're actually anti-hoity-toity, if you will. We're casual. We're chill. Um, sometimes people will smell at a different tasting events and be like, what do you get? And people are like, I smell whiskey. We're like, you nailed it. <laughs> right. That's great. Perfect. And then other people will dig in a little deeper and get, say, caramel or cinnamon or, or vanilla. And all those you're exactly right, too. And those are some of the top level um, uh, notes that you'll get on the nose. And a lot of that is coming from uh, from the barrel, from the aging process. Right. Mm -hmm. Then you can dig in deeper. All right. Did you get fruit? You got some sweet fruit. What kind of fruit did you get? You got dark fruit. You got apricot. Um and so we can go and dig in deeper and deeper on that. And if you search flavor wheel online, that's a great tool to use. There's a lot of uh, free flavor wheels out there and they'll dig in and start as a broad category, whiskey. All right, whiskey, or is it rye or bourbon or is it Canadian or Scotch or Japanese or whatever? All right, it's bourbon. And you're going to get uh, some baking, some spices. What kind of spices, right? Baking spices, the cinnamon. Um, a lot of people get clove, right? And then, uh, or you get fruit as another category. What kind of fruit are you going after? 
Um, and then you get uh, earth, earth notes, the, the oakiness and um, different grains and cereal grains, right? And so uh, certainly when you drink it and have a sip, um, you can uh, nose it when you nose it. I would suggest cracking your mouth a little bit and that'll help uh, you not get a full face full of alcohol. It'll help uh, <laughs> average out the, the smell between your nose and your mouth and, um, and then have a little sip and then and enjoy the kind of the viscosity of the whiskey. Uh, swish it around your mouth, chew on it a little bit, if you will. Uh, try to, some of those notes will come through and then swallow it and then notice the finish on it as well. Does the finish linger? Does it go away quickly? Is it kind of somewhere in the middle? I would say on ours, it's kind of a medium to a long finish. Uh, you're gonna, certainly going to get some warmth mm -hmm. uh, coming through as you swallow it down into your belly, which a lot of people like. Certainly on a cold winter day, it's uh, refreshing and warming. And so uh, that's what makes whiskey fun. That's what it's all about. Uh, uh, and there's no wrong answer when you're at a tasting. Uh, certainly want to make sure everyone feels welcome and everyone's palate is different. Right. And so, mm -hmm. yes. uh, it's something that, uh, right. So you could, you could say, I taste blueberry, uh, peach in this. <laughs> like, great. That's cool. I've never heard that anyone taste blueberry. I don't know. You're not wrong. So yeah. I'll just make a mental note of that of it and like go back and have a sip of that bottle. I'm like, where's that blueberry coming from? What's that from? So, <laughs> um, so, but you certainly get, uh, there's some flavors that uh, arise over and over and over in the tastings. Uh, but I love it when someone throws out a, a unique flavor, a unique taste that they get that I've never heard, which is, which is a lot of fun. So, yeah. We, and then and each, each we're, we're small batch as well. Right. And that kind of comes into play too. And mm -hmm. um, we have a 500 gallon batch system. So our fermentation tanks are 500 gallons each. Our still is a 500 gallon combination pop column, still hundred percent copper. And so out of a 500 gallon batch, it's it's going to yield about a barrel, of, about a 53 gallon barrel of whiskey, roughly. It's not an exact science from uh, batch to batch, but somewhere in there. And then our yeah. aging process uh, can be a little, can add uh, different notes to it as well. And the big guys that are making a thousand barrels a day, all the big, uh, big labels that come to mind uh, and their processes are certainly uh, refined after 150 years of doing this. And so a bottles of Maker's Mark that you buy in Colorado is going to taste like one you buy in New York and it tastes like one you buy over in Europe and Asia and everywhere else. Mm -hmm. uh, on occasion, people will call us up like, hey, man, this one tastes a little bit different than the other one. I'm not saying either one's good or, or, or bad or better or worse, but we're like, yeah, we're a small batch craft distillery. And that's what we hang our hat on. We like it. We're proud of it. So yeah, th so that's it. what I like. Right? I like the different that like you could get a bottle here or get one here and they're completely different. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we'll have uh, our, yeah. totally right. And we'll mm -hmm. have uh, a high, we'll have a barrel proof pick at our distillery and at our tasting rooms uh, for sale. And, and some of the more knowledgeable, uh, I affectionately say the whiskey geeks, right? The whiskey nerds. Um, we certainly are. We'll come in our tasting. Like, Hey, what you got anything special behind the bar there tonight? And so they're just asking for a, sub, a barrel pick of some sort, which is a lot of fun. We do a lot of work with the different military organizations and military nonprofits. We're working on two barrel picks right now. And that's a fun way to do, uh, to raise some money for their organization specifically. Um, and we'll send out barrel pick samples, blind ones to, to three or four of their group. And then they'll sit, sit around and taste them. And then, um, tell us that they, Hey, they like sample D we tell them sample D is a two and a half year, 115 proof bourbon. And we'll use that as their barrel pick and sell that to their audience and then uh, raise a bunch of money that way to that organization. So, um, so barrel picks are a lot of fun in that regard. So um, what'd you guys think about the bourbon? 
It's really smooth. It's good. It yeah. does definitely warm you. I get Very a lot warm. of um, vanilla on the nose, and then yeah. there's a lot of oak yeah. after a finish. There's a finish of oak. So there's <laughs> there's two things that I've kind of learned from our tastings. It's kind of exactly what you said. No matter what you taste, you're not wrong, right? Or no matter what you yeah. smell. And um, we've started kind of rather than like if we're trying a whiskey, rather than looking up the flavor profile, we've started trying to wing it because – if if you tell me in the flavor profile I should be getting like corn and vanilla and caramel, that's exactly what I'm gonna get. It's like that. <laughs> power Corey, right? Yeah, it's yeah. leading the witness, right, Justin? It's yeah. leading the witness yeah. in that case. And mm -hmm. so we don't uh, we won't say that at our tasters. Like, yeah, we we want to hear what you guys think and throw something out, right? Because yeah, you can certainly the power of suggestion certainly comes true when you're doing tastings. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See, I get you got vanilla and I got vanilla. Caramel. Well, no, I got vanilla, and then there's a lot of oak. Okay, there's really good. I think there's something in the middle. It's really weird. It hits as vanilla, finishes yeah. as oak, but I can't. Um, I get corn. pinpoint. Maybe it is corn. Yeah, I can't pinpoint the the middle. The, uh, just a kind of a sweet corn taste with mm -hmm. the the oak, yeah. the toasted oak. I mean, it's very good. Like like Miranda said, it's very warming. Um, but not like uh oh my gosh, that's a lot of heat type of warming. <laughs> no, it's just it's a warming sensation. <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely, exactly, right? definitely enjoy it. It's mm -hmm. very good. Thank you. And yeah, I see you guys have great. some nice tasting glasses there as well. You're enjoying uh, the whiskey out of and, and a lot of times people will say, well, what's the best glass? And I'm always under the impression, like whatever glass you enjoy a whiskey at home, if you're mm -hmm. watching your favorite movie or if you're reading a book or, or flipping through your social or whatever, and whatever glass you typically like to use, it's, it's probably a glass that you should taste from too. So, um, I don't often use a snifter for my um tasting notes it, it does make a difference but if sure. i'm going through a tasting i'll just use a regular rocks glass because that's what i use 99 percent of the time anyway so mm -hmm. you guys have some cool glasses there and it's probably um helping and funneling some of those uh certainly on the nose some of the uh nose profile to come through um but i was just saying whatever glass you know is that you typically like to use is go for it right so yeah if that's a snifter well, that's great or if that's uh, what you guys have there fantastic so. um yeah. Yeah, we have to I have to give a shout out to my parents who are also whiskey fans. They bought a season. Like, apparently these are the official like Kentucky bourbon tasting glasses. Um, Perfect. But, Love it, right? But yeah, so we got four of them. So it always works up nicely when we have two different ones to try that mm -hmm. we each have a sniff. Great. <laughs> exactly. But normally we're Love just it. drinking our whiskey out of just a little, a little small rocks glass. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, I don't think. It's all good. And a lot of people yeah. are like, are you offended if you mix your whiskeys? I'm like, no, fucking enjoy it how you want, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, I would appreciate it if you tried it first neat or on the rocks. But if mm -hmm. you want to throw some ginger or or if you want to – I love it, a good old-fashioned, right? A good old rye old-fashioned, my favorite cocktail. Mm -hmm. So I don't get offended at all. If you're enjoying it and having a good time, then, then by all means, enjoy it however you like. So, Yeah, and – I feel like this would definitely hold its own in an old fashioned, just from the taste profile, from the warming sensation. You know, we, we try some whiskeys that it's like, yeah, those are good, but I don't think I'd be able to pick it out of a, a mixed drink. This one, I feel like I definitely could. Mm -hmm. it, it I'm excited to rate. try it in an old yeah. fashioned and you, you do the rye in the right. old fashioned as well. Yeah. That's my go-to is a 10th mountain yeah. rye old fashioned. I just mm -hmm. love the uh, complexities that is off it offers uh, uh bourbon old fashions i enjoy them but they're a little too sweet for me so I, that's really sure. why i like mm -hmm. doing rye old fashioned so yeah nice yeah we'll have to do that do a, a side by side 
make one of each and yes. share and yeah. try them both. And that's a good excuse to have two old fashions instead of just one. It is. We, we For sure. To, we yeah. have to know which one we prefer. That's right. That's right. You might have to revisit one as well. So maybe it's three yes. old fashions. So. Yeah, just to make sure, yeah. right? You know? Just to make yes. sure. All right. So you're right. So next here. is, uh, so I think I covered any, any questions on the bourbon or any questions about what makes a bourbon a bourbon or. I don't think so. No. And it, it is very good. Very good. I really Thank like you. it. Appreciate that. Thank you. Question. Mm -hmm. As we're opening the rye here, we have the, uh, the dog tag says the batch number, the bottle date. Does that come with all the ryes? Yeah, sure does. Yep. Exactly. Cool. There are dog tags on all the rye bottles. Very yeah, cool. Thanks. Fun little, uh, packaging idea there. So people love yeah. it and, Throw it on the keychain, throw it wherever. Yeah, it's just a nice little, and a lot of bartenders will, will collect them. And so um, yeah. it's a lot of fun when someone across the country takes a picture. Like it's either my name or Jeremy or Sean or two of our distillers. Uh, and we each kind of have an in, uh, internal competition. Like I got a picture from New York with my name <laughs> on it. So there. So yeah, it's a lot of fun internally. For That'd be well, fun. So. well, we'll have to send our Iowa picture. To, uh, for Sean, we got Sean on this. Yep, one. There you Sean go. That's nice. good. I'll tell him that tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I like to hear that. And actually, I like, um, I like the label. Oh, on well, I got I lucky. I got Ryan. I, I didn't even know this. I got Ryan on mine. So, oh, you know, there you go. <laughs> for me, there. So, uh, so rye whiskeys are, I think, uh, what I said, rye bread, right? Rye grain mm -hmm. is going to be a little spicier, add a lot of more complexity to it. Um, you're going to have some dryness to it on the finish, uh, some tannins that kind of in the back corners of your mouth as well, but certainly on the nose, it's going to be a lot uh, more complex, a lot more going on there. Um, 86 proof, uh, and our, I guess we could go back to where we get our, where we source our grains from. Our corn, uh, comes from, uh, Cortez, Colorado area, kind of down the near the four corners. Um, we get it from a Ute Indian reservation down there that has a ginormous farm, which is kind of fun to go check out. Our barley comes from the Northeast Colorado. Then our rye grain, uh, the more Northern you go, the hardier the rye grain is, the harder your grain, the more the starch, the more the starch, the more the sugar, the more the sugar, the more the alcohol, right? And mm -hmm. so although, uh, so we go, we source most of our rye grain from North and South Dakota, Wisconsin area. And if we went into Canada, it would be, it would yield even more, but we wanted to keep it here, at least in the U S. And so our rye grain, we get from that region, um, uh, certainly here, all American grain and uh, two out of three come from the state of Colorado. So uh, mm -hmm. our rye whiskey, 70% rye, 26% corn, 4% malted barley. And okay. uh, and our rye whiskey is is our, our bourbon's our best seller. Our rye whiskey is our most awarded spirit and our most recognized. So nice. From I mean, what do you guys get know. on the nose on that? I definitely smell rye bread. <laughs> I, I do too. I don't know. I didn't know if it was power of suggestion, but I definitely I get rye bread rye as bread. well. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Right. And that's a lot. And there's, there's obviously great reason to that. The majority, uh, mm -hmm. the majority ingredient is rye grain. So that, that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. And then, um, I, during I the age, the same thing, Asian and a number four char American new oak barrel. So from West Virginia Great Barrel Company. So um, same same style of barrel that we age our bourbon in. Uh, but it's a different kind of whiskey, different chemistry, different interaction going in and out with with the, the wood of the barrel. And so um, you're going to pick up some different uh, tasting notes as well. So it's not going to be the exact same tasting notes as on the bourbon necessarily, just from the from the aging perspective. So 
what do you get? What do you guys, are you guys picking up anything different or still picking up a lot of oak or vanilla straight off the top or? There's mm -hmm. definitely vanilla and something that jumped out at me. Like there's a really nice spice taste to it. Mm -hmm. and, and, yeah. I, and I like rice spice, but sometimes it catches you off guard. I don't feel no, this like this is does. Like a, it's super smooth spice taste. A really, really good baking spice. I can't figure, I don't, you don't know which I one. I don't know yeah. what spice it is. Say one, you'll be right no, no. matter what. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, this is, this is really good. Mm -hmm. It's extremely smooth. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> this will probably sound yeah, like so I'm Miranda, what I'm hearing is that you are a rye whiskey drinker. I am. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I am. I think it's and official, I never knew. <laughs> yes. I think it's no, official, I never right? knew I would be into rye as much as I am. But yeah, all of my favorite whiskeys have been rye. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this probably sounds like I'm just saying it because you're on the show right now, but I, that is not the case. I think this is the best ride I've had. Like This, this is, is extremely good. good. Mm -hmm. um, that. Appreciate that. It, it, no, it's, it's super good. There's not a lot of heat. Like it's yeah. just really, it's an easy drinker. This would be so easy to drink. Yeah, too easy back. to drink. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, a lot of yes. people refer to it as a porch sitter. Are you guys familiar mm -hmm. with that term? Yeah. Right. Yes. So just something that you can, Sit on the back back or front porch doesn't matter, you know, uh, and just sit down and enjoy a glass and either watch the sunset or watch the passersby go by and mm -hmm. and uh, maybe got a, a companion there with some good conversation going on. But yeah, just um, a little porch sit, a little easy drinker, right? So mm -hmm. yes, no, way too easy to drink. Yeah, <laughs> this is dangerous. <laughs> yeah, this is very good, very very good. And uh, 86 proof. So our bourbon is 92 proof. This is a little less at 86 proof. And again, mm -hmm. we just narrowed down. That's just our preference, right? Is that's that's all that yeah. is. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's been at both both bottles have been at that proof since day one. Sean, our head distiller, has been with us since day one, and so it was he and I that just sat down and we're just going through different uh, proofs. And we're like, oh, we like the bourbon at 92, and we like the rye at 86. And we're like, great, that decision's made. <laughs> What's the next decision? So. Um, but then in the same breath that, uh, we do some barrel strength stuff at our taste rooms too. So, um, mm -hmm. but if like, if we distribute, uh, commercially, uh, the rye at 86 and the bourbon at, uh, 92. So mm -hmm. when you're, um, deciding on the proof, how many different proofs are you trying? All of them. All, All of them. them. I'm teasing. <laughs> yeah, I'm teasing. I wish. <laughs> no, I think, but I mean, we, I mean, kind of every, I think originally is either every three, um, three degrees, if you will, or every five mm -hmm. degrees. So like uh, 80 to 85 to 90, 95 to et cetera, all, um, up to 120, 125, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, and then narrowed it in from there. Uh, but yeah, it's, and that's, and that's the fun. Everyone thinks that's what we do all day long, right? It's just drink straight from the barrel and enjoy <laughs> whiskeys all day. Some days we do that, but it's not every day. So that's the Not job I want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's, it's a fun, fun part about it. Yeah. Totally. totally. How do, so. do you like um, barrel proof? We've had some distillers that they said, you know, we'll try it, but we don't need to like prove that we can drink the, uh, the barrel proof strength. We've had others that said, you know, I don't spit any of my own product out and I enjoy all of it. Do you, do you like the barrel proof or do you prefer more of just a, a like the, the rye proof here? I, I do. I do like the barrel proof stuff as well. Um, yeah. And I like it for a couple of reasons. Sometimes it's over, it's too hot, right? And you need to add some water mm -hmm. to it and dilute it down to make it drinkable and enjoyable. But there's a lot of barrel proof stuff out there that you're just drinking. And you're like, oh, damn. All right. I'm digging that. And that's what? 132? Okay. 
Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd really enjoyed tasting some barrel proof stuff uh, mm -hmm. just to see where it's coming from and where they're at and what's going on. And, and uh, just with that specific whiskey and that specific distillery. And oftentimes I'll continue to enjoy that expression at barrel strength, but sometimes uh, it'll be a little too hot and then we'll have to proof it. Uh, we'll dilute it down just using, using water. Either if it's an R reverse osmosis water, great. If it's just a water from your sink, great. Right. Whatever. Mm -hmm. So again, we try not to be too snobby about it, but um, certainly when we're uh, bottling our own stuff, it's uh, we use the reverse osmosis water to, to dilute it down to bottle strength. So, but yeah, I, I really enjoy the, the different, um, barrel strength expressions as well so yeah nice see i like barrel strength you like it as a mixer more of i yeah i or tend to a, a couple cubes definitely a couple cubes yeah. for me it's a little little strong some yeah. of them are <laughs> yes. and again you know that's i think that's fine right and certainly i'll enjoy a couple cubes on a lot of my my whiskeys as well when i'm at home just chilling uh so it's it's I don't always drink neat. I don't, you know, I don't don't always drink barrels proof stuff. I enjoy cocktails too. I, I enjoy it over rocks, and so um, yeah, I'm I'm known to sit down at, at home and uh, get get a big rock and throw some of our 92 proof bourbon over that and just sit there and enjoy that while I read a book. So nice. Yes. <clears throat> this is yeah, hands really the bourbon was really good. This is this is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's very good, and I'm a bourbon guy. I like I the bourbon a lot, but this is right. I'm not kidding. I think this is the best rye I have had. And I feel like recently because you like rice, we've tried a lot of rice. We have been trying <laughs> a lot of rice. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's very good. That's great. Mm -hmm. very good. Um, yeah, it yeah, was so, uh, recognized as best in class in whiskeys of the world uh, recently as well. So pretty happy with, nice. with that um, recognition. So that's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Thank you. So for the listeners, we're going to have on our post, you can check out uh, the website. We'll have a link to the website. We'll have a link to where you can get your own uh, virtual tasting. Sign up for that. We highly encourage you to because these are very good. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we'll have some photos that from your guys' Instagram. Check out your, your Twitter and your Instagram. Got a lot of cool stuff there. Is there anything else you would like to add before we get you out of here? Well, yeah, we are active across all the socials. We have a good time on that. It's something uh, that we're focused on and are interactive and are, are always posting something on a daily basis um, across the spectrum on and that's 10th MTN whiskey is our social handles. Uh, and then our website is 10th whiskey.com and you can see what uh, we have going on there as well. So and see all the different nonprofits that we support. Um, certainly do a lot of philanthropic work that we're all very proud of. Um, from a number of different organizations here in our backyard, here in our home state, and then across the country as well. So, very cool. Uh, that I guess that brings up another question. So, I know you guys support the uh, the military. Is there anything that listeners? Is there a certain bottle that if they purchase that for sure goes towards that support, or does every bit of it help? We're all we're always doing something in that regard. Okay. So, I think every bottle when it comes down to it, uh, goes to that uh, military directly um, in one aspect or another. But then we'll do the specific barrel picks with different military nonprofits, and and those we'll put a, a, a specific label on the back, um, and uh, and direct people towards that organization to learn more. There's so many great organizations out there, man. I wish we could support them all, um, but we have a lot of we do a lot of support with a number of them, and so uh, from time to time, like, like we're working on two right now, um, two specific military nonprofits doing barrel picks with them. Uh, and so it's something that's a big focus of ours, something that we're always doing. Uh, but then on occasionally, pretty frequently these days that there's a specific barrel pick 
uh, for a specific organization as well. So very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Just a quick, um, I guess, uh, shout out to the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. One of the founders, his name is Ryan Kramer. He's getting ready to do, he's done it multiple years now, but a 24-hour draft challenge. So he drafts best ball teams on underdog fantasy. And last year, they turned it into a fundraiser for a listener who had been in a really bad accident, lost his leg. This year, they're doing the I'm Able Foundation. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I wasn't, but a, uh, a Marine who was diagnosed with a um, degenerate nerve disorder and it cut his military career short. He actually started it and uh, it helps people that have a similar disorder, helps them kind of live their life more normally and help the families adjust and everything like that. So uh, Sports Gambling Podcast and Kramer, they're going to be raising money through raffles on his 24 hour best ball that he does for that. So that's nice. pretty cool. Love and, it. Yeah. 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 I love that. That's great. Fantastic. Yeah. And football season's right around the corner, right? Oh my gosh. It is. It's almost here. We're going to blink and it'll be here. Yeah. <laughs> we have had, right? we've, we've had a bit of a debate. I, I agree with you. I think the Broncos are going to take a step forward and I am in on Russell Wilson. We do There's not much room to go backwards. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Very true. Um, yeah. We're, we do like, so our specialty is auction drafts and out of a $200 budget, Russell Wilson's price is currently uh, projected at $2. So for $2 of a $200 budget, I say he's worth taking a chance on. You disagree. I, I'm not doing it. I'm not falling <laughs> for it. <laughs> I don't know. I would, I, I I mean, would do that. That sounds like a pretty good deal to me, actually. I'd do I that. I think so. I, I think he's going to take a step forward and be worth it. We'll see. Compared we'll see. to if what? I'm what wrong, is that? I don't Mahomes. What, what's their price these days then? Mahomes is $46. And Allen is $40. Nah. <laughs> see, I'm passing on both of those and going Wilson. So, yeah. Oh, there you have it. <laughs> Justin Fields at 24. He's a little too popular this year. $24. Yes. But. Yeah, he is. I don't know. I'm I'm excited for Justin Fields. I hope yeah. the Bears have a really good season this year. We're always hopeful fans <laughs> hoping that uh, this will be the year. <laughs> you gotta be, right? You gotta be. And if yeah. not, there's always next year. So that's right. Yes. I feel like I've said that way too many times, though. <laughs> <laughs> right, totally right. <laughs> yeah. I hear yeah. you on that, man. I hear you. <laughs> Everybody's like, so when were you born? I said I was born in 87. I go, oh, so the last Bears Super Bowl was the year before you were born. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yep. totally. All right. Well, thank you so much well, for being, your time. Being a man and going through the trials and tribulations is half the fun. So that's all right. It you is. Have to smile it and is. Enjoy, enjoy it. <laughs> that's right. Got to stick with it. Um, thank you for your time and for walking us through the tastings and 10th Mountain. We really appreciate it. And this has been fun. Absolutely. Everybody check awesome, it out. Guys. Thank and- you, guys. Yeah, if listeners are uh, debating bourbon or rye, I'd suggest getting them both. But that rye, I, I'm very impressed by it. Yes, I can't believe I haven't had <laughs> awesome. this before. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's well, so appreciate good. that, guys. Thank you. And we yep. can sell direct to consumer uh, to 35 states. We have to use a third-party fulfillment company because of the antiquated liquor laws that are out there. But if you go on our website, you can buy a bottle. It'll just be shipped from either San Diego or Washington, D.C., depending on uh, where you live. So. Okay. Very cool. So make sure you all check that out. Uh, Thanks again for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. You got it guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. All right. Again, thank you to Ryan at 10th mountain whiskey for joining us. That was a ton of fun. Very informative. I love that they helped the military. 
I love that too. And I am still like, Ryan blown is left away. I'm blown away yeah. by this rye. This is the easiest drinking rye, yeah. easiest drinking whiskey. I'm just going to throw that Ooh. out there. Yeah. And it's not one that's like, oh, it's easy drinking just because the flavor is bland. There's a lot of flavor There's there. There's so much flavor. It all hits you, but it's like, wow, I just want to keep drinking this. Yeah. That's why I said it's dangerous. <laughs> like, it really is. This is going to be my new fire pit drink. Like, yeah. we occasionally love to drink some port around the fire pit. No, this is what we'll be taking out there. And we're going to have to be careful. It, so maybe. next time, Paul, Stevie, next time you come visit us <laughs> and we sit around the fire pit, we got a bottle of 10th Mountain Rye. We'll have a bottle. Maybe. I don't, this bottle won't be here, <laughs> but yeah. we will have a bottle of 10th Mountain Rye for you. <laughs> Soon as just a little, I always call it behind the scenes, behind baseball, they call it. Um, as soon as we ended our recording with Ryan, Miranda said, we have to always have this at our bar. <laughs> so this bottle, regardless of it getting emptied, we will make sure we're getting another one. This is good. I am excited and, about it and i said i wish i had told ryan but hopefully he gets a chance to listen and hears this like this bottle will be gone soon because with any good whiskey you immediately are like oh i want to share this with mm-hmm. my friends and family that like whiskey so your with, parents are going to be trying it my mom's going to be trying it i feel like Josh, my dad your my dad, dad would like would it even like yeah he, he's not a whiskey guy he's not really but a whiskey he would like guy. it Yes, I think he could handle this. Yeah, I think so. This would not give him... Usually when he smells whiskey, his uh, takeaway, his first, uh, I guess, on the nose is, I smell heartburn. (laughs) My dad. He can't even handle spice. (laughs) No. But um, Josh, I think Josh would really like this one. Mm -hmm. Nick is going to like it. I mean, we got a lot of friends and family to share this with, and I'm excited to share it with him because it is that good. Mm Mm-hmm. So the bourbon was really good too. It was. I'm just blown away by the rye because it's such an easy drinker. Yeah, the bourbon was super good too. Stands out very well. It's unique. It's different. And we are gonna have to try both of these. Like because the rye is such an easy drinker, I wanna know what it's like in an old fashioned because Mm -hmm. I just wanna see like does it still like stand out in the old fashioned or I wanna know how it makes my old fashioned taste. Yeah. Absolutely. We're going to have to make these. <laughs> we, we are. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sounds like a good editing drink to me. Um, this was very fun. The the whiskey is very good. We both highly recommend you go check it out. They do direct to consumer, so go online and order. I forgot to, com- I completely forgot to mention, I meant to bring it up. Um, it's just one of those things you get going with the, the excitement and the, the interesting stories. But if you go to their website, they have a shop where you can get their whiskeys, you can get merchandise like uh, beanies that are great mm-hmm. for the slopes, shirts. Or great for Iowa winter weather. Absolutely. <laughs> but if you go to their Insta, they have a different store. Oh. And they have everything from flasks to, I believe there's some glasses there, to a really cool bar table that is the same as the ones in their tasting rooms. Oh, that's it's, neat. Yeah, it's very cool. See, I haven't been on unique. Insta lately because I feel like the next time I go on Insta, I have to create our Instagram account. <laughs> or you're going to hear it from me. <laughs> so I've been, I haven't checked them out on Instagram, but I will be following them. And I'm going, I'm getting, the, this weekend will not be over and us not have an Instagram account. I'm just putting that out there. You heard it here first. People get ready to follow us. Um, we're going to look like copiers because the MLB page just went live on insta yeah if you haven't if you're not following the mlb page on insta go out and follow them if you're not familiar with the sports gambling podcasts mlb 
podcast in general. They have a guy by the name of Mal uh, on there. He's an Englishman as a podcast or a uh, reviewer labeled him. They said get rid of the Englishman because he's hard to understand. But he's hilarious. He is fun to listen to. So um, baseball fan or not, check him out. Miranda, do you have anything else to add? No, this has been so much fun. How's your rye whiskey over there? Gone, and I'm going to be getting some more. Going once, going twice. Sold. Old-fashioned football.